0: Well, hello, 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 good people. This is Christine Jones, founder and CEO of Clear Choice Financial Solutions, LLC, bringing you episode 24 of our podcast, What's the Score? Now, you may have noticed, I hope you did at least, that it has been a minute since we have come together. A lot has happened since then, Um, and so we're going to talk about Um, what's the score with my family. We're going to talk about what's the score with what's happening just in the world. And um, not everything, of course. We don't have the time or space to talk about everything, but just some interesting bits of information. Is that all right? And so stay tuned. We will be right back. we are back. That's something my father always says. And speaking of my father, you know, the last time we came together, both of my parents, well, no, one of my parents, my mother was actually in a rehabilitation center. She had been out of the home since September 21st of 2020. And she had suddenly lost the ability to walk. She had begun to have delusions. I mean, it was really, really bad. And um, I had expressed my concerns to medical professionals, multiple medical professionals, going back to June 22nd of 2020, You know, stating that my mother was exhibiting symptoms of COVID-19 and no one really took it seriously. <laughs> Isn't that something? My mother had the chills, she had the fever, Uh, Mild fever. She had the coughs, um, you know, she had the nausea and the vomiting. She had the neurological symptoms, and yet no one took it seriously. So, when that ended up happening, she became severely ill. And January the 2nd, uh, after multiple conversations with medical professionals at the facility where she was, And me telling them that I was really concerned because she seemed really unwell and really even out of her head. And I was actually afraid that there was going to be an episode where she may get up, not realizing that she cannot. And uh, lo and behold, that's what happened. And so on January the 2nd, um, I received a phone call that they found her on the bathroom floor in the facility. And even still they were not going to send her anywhere. And thank God I pushed for them to send her to the emergency room and it was there. After multiple nasal swabs that turned up a negative result. They even did a nasal swab at that particular hospital during that particular event and it came up negative. But the hospital went one step further and did a blood test. And sure enough, it was found that she was COVID positive. And it actually turned into COVID pneumonia. Uh, even when she was uh, dismissed and discharged, I should say, from the hospital and, go and went back to the facility, about a week later, she presented with COVID pneumonia. And um, she had to be treated for that. We did not know whether or not my mother was going to live or die. It was, it was really, 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 really bad. Someday I'll go into all of you know the things that went into that. But then shortly thereafter, uh, my, my father came up ill. And so what ended up happening with that, my mother came home on February the 19th. My father ended up going into the same facility that she was in. So they ended up in at the same time. He ended up going in on February the 15th. So they were both there together. Um, Not in the same room, not even on the same floor. My father had a situation where a medication caused an overgrowth of bacteria in his system, which could have killed him. And that was another battle because the hospital discharged him um, in icy weather, did not pull up his pants properly. He got out of the vehicle and fell banged up his elbow really badly and ended up having to go back. They kept telling me that he was fine. I explained to the primary care physician on an emergency call what was going on with my father and she said, push, push, push for them to send him to at least a sub-acute rehabilitation center. Now, you have to understand, I did not want him where my mother was, but that was the facility that was actually taking patients at the time and um, with what my father had, It is highly contagious. I could not afford to come down with it. My mother could not afford to come down with it. And it is something that lives on surfaces, can live on surfaces for up to 70 days. So there was a lot going on. Um, So we we did finally get uh, the hospitals to coordinate and send him to a subacute rehabilitation center where I I must tell you, and and we're going to talk about this at another time as well. Um, people, if you have loved ones in these care facilities, nursing homes, rehabilitation centers, you stay in contact with your loved one so that you can hear from them what is going on. Do not let anyone tell you that your parent or loved one has dementia unless you know that to be a fact. Unless you know that to be a fact. On the... Let me see this... the. the my father left the hospital, um, well so no, on the 14th of February, he was listed by the hospital in paperwork as cognitively excellent, you know what I mean? The next day at this facility that uh, kept trying to tell me that you know my mother was fine, he was listed as depressive with psychotic episodes or psychotic symptoms. Hmm, interesting. Not even 24 hours, you didn't even really know him you just looked at him and just said, "Hmm, this African American man who is actually upset because of what you all did to Mrs. Jones, instead of dealing with that and letting him know that that is being handled and that you are and making a good faith effort to straighten out what happened with my mother, which I will tell you included her being sent home without all of her belongings." And remember, we could not go into the facility. Because of COVID-19. So we had no way of knowing what was happening to their things even. And so things that she loved are missing. But she was sent home with someone else's bras and panties, which we still have. Interesting. Another person's sweater and pants, etc. And of course, everyone wants to be tight-lipped. My mother was also given the COVID-19 first part of the, uh, I guess, Pfizer vaccine without Her consent or our consent? Interesting. And when I called the facility, um, the best that they could say was, well, she was on our list somehow. So what do you want us to do about it now? So when my father went in and let them know he was aware of what happened, when I spoke with the doctor, the doctor was very curt and literally said to me, when I met your father, he was just very, very angry. He was talking about everything that happened with Mrs. Jones. And uh, is that a crime in these United States? Apparently it is if you are, you know, part of certain communities, apparently. So they deemed my father depressive and, you know, with psychotic symptoms. Now, let me say this. My father does not like being in these facilities. Never has, never, never will. And he does get, he does have some depression, I will say, when he realizes that he's sick and and may not get back home. And I think that's, that's natural. Um, But also what they ended up doing Someone took him off of his diuretic. He has a history of congestive heart failure. So without saying anything to me, which they were you know, told to do, my parents let them know to talk everything over with me and make sure that I was aware of everything because I'm up on all of those medications and you know, prior history. I've dealt with uh, all of it for years. Well, they did not and they took him off of his diuretic and apparently he was off for about two weeks. My father began to have a cough that was very problematic, and I had noticed that cough, you know. And I, I was saying, "Dad, are you okay? Are you okay?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Can you breathe? Because it sounds like you're struggling to breathe." He was like, "No, no, I'm okay." Well, I called him on a Saturday. I don't even remember what date it was, and it was. I called him a little earlier because sometimes when I would call him, it was difficult for him to actually get to the phone. He was so weak at this point. And I called him this time, and he said, "Um, I'm so glad to hear from you. I can't breathe. I'm having difficulty breathing now. And I said, huh? He said, yeah, yeah. And and they think it's funny. They want me to do physical therapy, but I I can't. I can't can't breathe. Say no more, Dad. I got on the phone, and I called the uh, nurse's station. And when I asked for, you know, at one point, the head nurse... Whoever turned over the phone laughed about me wanting the head nurse. And, you know, you can hear all of these things. So the person got on the phone, and this was actually the person who I finally was able to get to to get my mother some help even after she had fallen and they found her in the bathroom. And I let her know my father was saying that he could not breathe. Her comment was, well, um, you know, he's fine. We we looked in there, he's he's fine. Um, Now, mind you, They had gotten my father confused with another man by the name of Jasper Jones. And I was privy to some of his medical history, which I should not have been. And also, you know, I understand mistakes, but I never was sure whether or not some of the things that were happening to my father were part of them getting this man confused with my father. Have my suspicions about why that confusion came. But anyway... They said, "Oh, he's fine. He's fine," and you know, we went in and we'll we'll check him again. And they came back to the phone. They said, "Oh, he's he's fine. He's watching TV. Um, He didn't even really know why we were in there. And um, you know, he's he's lying flat, flat. So we propped him up. I said, if I hear anything else about him not being able to breathe, I'm going to demand that you send him to the ER. They were like, "Well, you want us to send him then? Mind you, I had spoken with another major party in this place earlier in the week, at least twice." And told them that my father had a very problematic cough. I was told he did not. On Tuesday and Thursday of that week, I had told the same person. And I was told he did not have a cough. On Friday, they administered from what I found out, cough medication. And then put him back on his diuretic. Because they found problems. But they didn't do anything. So on Saturday, when I pushed for them to send him to the ER, when... He got to the ER. It was found that he had fluid in his lungs all around his heart and all over his body because they had allowed him to get too much fluid. Hmm. So, of course, they felt like, you know, they had done everything they could have done. And, of course, they didn't like me questioning them because who am I? I'm just a loved one who wants to see my parents live. And even after that, my father, when he went to the hospital, this is a little bit interesting. My father, because he didn't want his things to come up missing, he had them pack all of his things up. They didn't call me beforehand. They sent him on his way and then said, oh, by the way, he had us pack up all of his things. Now, I knew that was going to be a problem. When my father got to the hospital and he was getting ready to you know, come home, the nurses at the hospital called and said, listen... Somebody else is missing some of their things. Did your father bring a lot of stuff? Like, yeah, he had a lot of stuff with him. What all he had, I don't know. But they packed up a lot of things from what they told me to send him to the hospital because they lost a lot of my mother's things. They were like, okay, well, he has all of his things. When my father came home on March the 17th without all of his things, including his coat, and, <laughs> wow, um, they said, well, we don't know because um, the night before, they- oh, no. The day they were supposed to send him home, because I had, paid, you know, paid for transportation. A social worker calls me and says, um, "He doesn't have any clean clothes. Why is that? He had a change of clothes there. We didn't overload y'all because y'all can't seem to keep track of anything. But he has a change of clothes there. So why doesn't he have anything to wear? Are you all not checking him? Did you lose them? Are you not washing? What's what's happening?" Um. Well, we didn't want to send him home dirty, and you're not going to. You're not going to. You're not going to. So she got off the phone real quick, fast, and in a hurry, claiming that she was going to, you know, try to have them bathe him up and put him and try to see if they could wash his clothes really quickly or what have you. Why would you have to wash somebody's clothes if you had been cleaning him all along? And I said, I'm in the middle of my class teaching, right? I am not leaving my class for something that you all better handle. It's not life or death. You all better find something for him to wear and it better be clean. And if you can't find something, then I guess you're going to hold up, you know, the, the, the discharge until you handle it. I don't know what you're going to do, but you're not going to throw us under the bus with it. Um, never heard back from her. Never heard, you know, when I looked up, dad was at the door. Dad was very weak. Matter of fact. The, week, the weekend prior to his discharge, I literally had to contact the police because they were not feeding him. They did not like the fact that my family was vegetarian. My mother went through it, and they were continuing to serve. Not only do we not eat meat, we don't eat fish or chicken either, but they were serving my father chicken and, and, and ham and everything, and when he said he couldn't eat it, they were just slopping plates full of mashed potatoes or something like that on, on, on his plate expecting him to eat it. And then when I called about it, the nurse, the nurse got very indignant. She kept saying, well, he can eat chicken. No, he cannot. No, he cannot. He does not. He has not for over 50 years. Well, instead of insulting me, you see, this is what we deal with. This is what we deal with. And so what I'm saying this to say, you know, all of this has impact. When you say, well, what, what in the world does this have to do with, you know, your company? Well, here's the thing. Number one, this podcast is about what's the score. Which also deals with personal matters but when you look at this think in terms financially both of my parents have Medicare they do not have Medicaid you know how it is you make a penny too much for Medicaid and Medicaid you know you can't have um, but but roughly two thousand dollars something like that worth of assets Um, and you know you really have to be almost destitute in order to qualify and they really kind of control your financial life so Anything over, you know, like the first twenty days, Medicare will pay one hundred percent of twenty-one to one hundred. They pay eighty percent of the rest is either, you know, taken care of by supplemental insurance or out of your pocket. Okay, so when they misdiagnose people or lollygag or cause other issues that cause people to have to stay, excuse the bell. <laughs> that cause people to have to stay a certain amount of time, then um, what happens is you, you run the risk of eating up your Medicare time and money and you run the risk of having to come out of pocket for these things. Well, that can have a devastating financial impact on everybody who's not rich. And so I'm in the process of fighting a few things. And let me also tell you, from what I'm hearing, None of this yet meets the standard of neglect. Although, if I didn't feed my parent, if I didn't clean my parent, if I didn't make sure that they had their medications, I would be cited for neglect. Isn't that interesting? So please stay tuned for this. There's some things that we have going on that we want to uh, make sure that everybody is aware of, but, um, you know, we do what we do. And we get done what needs to be done. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. <laughs> and we are back. This time, we want to talk about briefly this whole mess with Derek Jackson and his wife, Denea, and his infidelity. Now, Derek Jackson, for those who may not know, is a YouTuber and relationship expert, and he is quite the man, supposedly, in black social media. Now, I've seen him a few times. I will say this. Something always struck me. I don't know that I, you know, I didn't get so deep into what he was saying that I kind of would have you know, thought that he would be this type of person. I, I really didn't pay him that kind of mind. But when I did hear things that he would say, I kind of thought that, wow, you know, every little thing that someone is doing, it sounds like he's just, just on it. Uh, you know, and sometimes it, it's rather benign. As a woman, I would think it's rather benign. And he seemed like he was trying really, really hard to grab the trust of women. Well, it turns out that uh, he has pretty much been a fraud as far as his own advice when it comes to relationships. And, you know, everybody who is aware of him by now has probably seen the videos with his wife sitting next to him in a bonnet and, and, you know, kind of like, you know, dressed very down. And let me say this, you don't have to be dressed up all the time. I know I'm not, right? But what this thing, this issue seems to have done, though, is portrayed her in a light where she seems defeated and seems not to even realize that she is coming off that way. She did a video talking about the bonnet is not a bonnet it's the, you know, the helmet of salvation and the army fatigue looking top is not a green top it's the breastplate of righteousness and do not get me wrong, I love, you know, putting on the whole armor of God, but sis sis get your life. And when I say that, If a lot of us are honest with ourselves, we can say that with a sense of empathy, because we may be able to say that we've been there, maybe not to this degree, but there have been times in our lives when we allowed someone, even if it wasn't a man, even if it wasn't like a a relationship, but we've allowed someone to play us. And whether or not, you know, we just could not believe that we had allowed ourselves to be played. So we were in denial. Or whether it was we you know, could not believe that they turned out to be that type of person. Or whether or not we were just trying to save face. We have probably at least once in our lives come off like Denea is coming off. I don't want to bash her. I don't want to bash her. I don't know her. I don't know him. I'm just talking about what it looks like. I, ladies. Please look yourselves in the mirror and understand your worth. Repeat it to yourselves how valuable you are and that no one is so important that they can steal your identity because guess what? When you don't know who you are, a predator, and sometimes you marry them, we marry them, will take your identity and that is one of the ploys that they use to insert their will and abuse over you because once they can take someone and sometimes they enjoy breaking down a woman once they can take someone who maybe had it all together and get you to doubt yourself and take your identity, the, the, the the part of you that knew who you were, and then they begin to plant those seeds of doubt in your mind, then they can cultivate the crop that they want to grow in your mind to the degree that they can then tell you anything, do anything, be anything, and at best, you will simply be silent. Ladies, And anybody else who might find themselves in a situation ship. Please do not do this. Please do not do this. And I recognize that, you know, as a Christian, divorce is not the thing. I recognize that we have to do what we, you know, do our best to try to make things work, if at all possible. But we are not called To be brutalized. And when I say that, I get I get it. Christ was brutalized because He was taking on the punishment that we should have had. So at best, when someone does this to you, give it to the Lord. But please do not keep carrying that. That is not your cross to bear. And ladies. Have something for yourselves. Do not need someone so that you will put yourself in situations and remain in situations that are unhealthy emotionally, financially, physically, spiritually because you feel like you can't do any better, because you don't have any options. This is why it is so important for women to have a bank account, for women to have savings for women to have investments, for women to own businesses. This is not to say that you go into relationships looking to come out of them. This is to say that in this world, the Bible says, put your trust in no man. And so even with best intentions, sometimes you just still have to be prepared. Now maybe, maybe Miss Denea is is working it out with her lawyers that we don't know anything about it and she's trying to look over her options before she does too much and says too much. Maybe she's going to pull off the ultimate flip. But right now it doesn't look like it. And right now it looks like a defeated woman who is in complete denial To the degree that even as he so cavalierly states what he did, he is presentable and she's looking like she just stepped out of bed. And then what that does is it causes men who are probably a lot like Derek Jackson to say, well, look at her. Yes, Mm -hmm. well, look at her. She's still beautiful. She's still beautiful. But what has happened or seems to have happened here is that she has fallen off of the path of her purpose. We just had to pray for her and pray for him. I'm not saying don't pray for him because apparently, apparently there is a problem. I'm not a, I'm not a clinician, so I'm not going to attempt to diagnose anything, but I'm just going to keep it out there. It appears like there is a problem. And some of these videos that appear to be about him in the third person, uh, that is not, that's not usual. Let's just put it like that. And so ladies, I'm just encouraging you. And of course, I you know my business will assist with things like this, but I'm just encouraging you. If you don't come to my business, find somebody that, can, that you can go to that can teach you. How to make it, especially financially, when things go wrong. Because that is a big, 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 big reason why women end up dead. Because they felt like they had nothing, they had no place to go, and they had invested time and energy and traded themselves for a relationship. And then when someone who may be a predator... Realizes that they have you at the point where they want you they dump you fear, and leave you feeling like it was all your fault I hope that Mr. Nea is going to get the support that she needs I hope that Mr. Derek is going to get the help that he seems to need but let this be a lesson Let this be a lesson. And again, I don't know them, but I'm pretty sure there were multiple red flags. Multiple red flags. And we have to just be willing to look at these things and say, you know what? It is what it is. And be able to collect ourselves, dust ourselves off. And even if we are down, you know, like the commercial says for the, you know, when when, when, when they're trying to talk about, you know, when an elderly person falls and there's a, you know, a support for them. When they'll help, I've fallen and I can't get up. Even if you don't know where to go next, at least be able to say, help me somebody. I've fallen and I can't get up. Somebody will wrap their arms around you and help you. This is not the way we were designed to live. And yes, again, this has a very strong financial implication. And please understand also, sometimes men will choose women who are not as flashy because they also assume a little subservience. And they'll keep you at home for stability and security for themselves. Now watch this. They also need some security. And then they can flip from woman to woman to woman to woman to woman. woman. While you stay home faithful. I don't even get all into... you know, things like this. But this was bad. And I, I always remember my mother, you know. But now my, my father always provided. Always provided. And my mom and dad, you know, even though everything wasn't perfect. But he always, you know, brought you know, money home. That she could do what she wanted with. Uh, they had an agreement where mom would stay home until I was a certain age. And then she went out and got a job and went back to school. And, he was extremely supportive of, of all of that. And so th- that kind of thing was never an issue. But I always remember my mother letting me know that you got to make sure that you have a little something for yourself. And she also would tell me about men giving gifts that were really expensive. And so, you know, a lot of times men would would, would flash, you know, I'll buy you this, I'll buy you that, I'll buy you that. And, you know, my mom would always say, you know, my mom would tell me, yeah, you accept it. You might find your head in the basket because normally when someone spends like that on you, they're looking for some kind of return. And typically the return is not something that you get to decide. Once you have taken the item, you have signed the contract. I'm going to jump off of this. I'm going to jump off of this, but it's been a pleasure. I'm not going to stay on, you know, today long at all, but it has been a pleasure speaking with you yet again. And, and listen, if you would like to even be a guest on our podcast, please let us know. Again, I'm Christine Jones, founder and CEO of Clear Choice Financial Solutions, LLC. You can reach me at 215-901-7651. You can leave a message at 888 888- Four zero four five eight one five, and you can email me at crjones at clearchoicefinancialsolutions dot You be safe. You be well. You are enough. Know this.